At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. So we have an episode that revolves around refrigeration and air conditioning ball valves. Basically, a ball valve in a refrigeration circuit. They're used for mainly isolation, like to isolate outdoor unit from indoor unit. We can use them for manual pump down. We can isolate heads of a VRV and VRF system. Like, for instance, if we have, let's say, a 10-head system, right? One CU, one condensing unit, 10-head system, and we have a problem with one head, it's got a leak or something like that. Well, we can isolate that one head down, remove it, so we're not causing an issue with the rest of the system type thing. Just one way you can utilize a ball valve. So we're, we're going to talk to a couple of NDL reps. We have John Foster and Amit Gutbeer. We're going to talk installation, brazing versus press, because they do have press-ready valves and dryers and all that kind of stuff as well. And we're going to talk about how to get them ready for installation, how to insulate them, the best way to insulate them. It's a conversation around ball valves. So let's get to it. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. This podcast is sponsored by the Master Group. And one of the things they've got, I've talked about this before, is a big wall of yellow jacket parts, valves, little things that you would never even think that would be available to you. And, and the reason I bring this up is because cooling season is over for a lot of people right? Unless you're in a warmer state where you're still trying to run a little bit of cooling calls or if, unless you do refrigeration or some critical cooling environments. But for the, for the most part, a lot of us are done with cooling season. So now is a good time to get your gauges maintained, get the seals changed out, all that kind of stuff. So at Master Group, you can grab the Yellow Jacket pick to pull your old seals out. And obviously Yellow Jacket has new seals that you can put in place and rebuild kits for your gauges as well. So if you're rocking the, the, the YJs, the YJ hoses, get them maintained, get your seals changed out, get any parts that are broken, changed out on your gauges. So when you're, when you're getting back into cooling season, which is going to be sooner than, than we know it, we're ready to rock right away. So check out master and master.ca. This podcast is sponsored by Cintas. They're a leader in providing uniforms to the blue collar trades, HVAC, refrigeration, heating, pipe fitting, steam fitting, whatever it may be, right? Whatever you guys are into in your, your daily life in the trades, they are providing solutions. So if you're looking for uniform solutions for your team, Carhartt stuff, breathable, stretchy, uh, rental programs, laundry programs, look into Cintas. We have a landing page for you to check out. is Cintas.com forward slash HVAC know it all. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. I guess it's three guys just talking about balls, right? On this podcast episode. It's amazing the amount of detail 
we can go through when it comes to a ball valve for refrigeration, air conditioning. And I didn't even really think about it until we started to, uh, um, like yourself and your team members from NDL started to discuss how we're going to lay out this podcast. And there's, there's many different ins and outs to these ball valves, which I didn't know. And I installed a bunch of these, I would say about three or four months ago, I installed a bunch of these on a VRF system, uh, Mitsubishi to isolate the heads from, from the system. So if we ever have a problem with that head in particular, what we do is just isolate the ball valve or valves, right? And then deal with that head and let the rest of the system operate still. So there's an, an advantage right off the bat that I've seen uh, using these things. Now, I'm going to ask you a question before we get into the meat and potatoes of this. And John, since you're first on to, to my right here on the screen, I'll ask you, does it matter if these ball valves are installed upside down, sideways, uh, horizontal, vertical, does it matter at all? No. No, perfect. And the reason I ask you that is because I installed some of mine upside down and I posted about them. And the reason I installed them upside down is because they were really high in the air relative to the extension or step ladder that uh, the average technician would be carrying around. So I pointed them down so we could get to the, the valves easily rather than trying to get to the top of the valves. So, and somebody was arguing that they got to go pointing up and I'm like, why? It's just a ball valve. It doesn't matter anyway. So I wanted to clear that up and, and we have, so um, let's get into the anatomy of a ball valve and I mean, we'll, we'll get you to talk about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So our valves, we do a couple of things different, I guess, just to start off one main point that we can kind of talk about is, you know, being upside down, something that we do with our cap that's different is it's a two piece cap. Now, mm -hmm. when you're mounting these upside down, you're not having to unscrew the cap completely off, have the cap fall, have a chain for the cap to attach it to the ball valves. We make it a two piece cap. So you just have to loosen it. And then you can open and close your valve and then tighten the cap. So that's one, one thing that we do with our valves. Another thing that's, that's really important I would talk about is the seals and the seats. Um, they're pure Teflon. That's something that we do with all our valves. We make sure they're pure Teflon seals and seats. So when you're doing change outs, you don't have to worry about that. Like if it was like a, uh, an O-ring gasket type of thing. And, um, okay you know, all of our valves, they're full port. So even on the largest sizes, you're not going to see any reduced port sizes on our, our valves. They're all full port. Gotcha. And what do you mean by full port? Can you explain that? John, you want to jump in, explain full port? I'd be more than happy to. When we say full port, the opening is the same diameter as what the ends of the valve are. So if you've got a ball valve that has a three-eighths stub, then your ball opening is three-eighths. If you've got a one and one-eighth stub, then you've got a one and one-eighth opening through the ball. So you have full flow at all time. Perfect. Yeah. And like the audience doesn't know, but I'm holding one of your ball valves. It looks to be about an inch and eighth uh, and it's, it's, it's cut open. So I can see what you guys are exactly what you're talking about with the, the seals and, and the full port looking inside, it's just like one diameter 
inside diameter and you can just see right right through so i mean yeah i, I can see that physically in, in, when i'm holding it in my hand so let's move on to preparing for for brazing and and also pressing because you guys do something that the audience may not know is you guys do help out rapid locking system with uh dryers valves uh sight glasses so on and so forth that are press ready right we, we do yeah we yeah okay so so i mean how about you tackle the the prep for brazing and then i'll see what john has to say about the prep for pressing and see if if, if there's really any difference there yeah sure so i mean just like with with any brazing you want to make sure that you don't want to get too much heat into the valve. Um, what we recommend is a wet rag or cloth, wrap the valve, make sure everything's nice and clean. And then when you're brazing, you don't want to get too much heat um, near the body of the valve. You want to make sure it's on the ends of the valve. I would say the most important thing is you don't want to get too much heat into the seals, into the, uh, the brass area there. You just want to make sure you're brazing onto the ends. And, and wet rag is, you know, everybody talks about yeah i use a wet rag but you know maybe not all the people do um it's a really important step and i, I think it's something that um shouldn't be missed when you're brazing these mm-hmm. now i don't know if you guys know about you probably do because this is the business that you're in but there's other products out there that are uh that, that take over the 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 need to find a rag go find a bucket of water like and and there's a product actually called wet rag that i use all the time by refrigeration technologies and that's what i used to wrap the valves up when i did that project i was letting you know it's basically a putty and you wrap it around the valve and you you heat the valve up when you're done you can take the putty off whatever is not like all burnt and charred you can you can reuse have you guys experimented with any of these products i mean I, I actually haven't. No, um, I worked in the in the field for a couple of years, and I never got a chance to use those. So that actually sounds really interesting. John's like nodding his head. So John, what what do you have to throw in there? Yeah, I've used hot dam. Okay. And and you just put it on the ends, and uh, uh, the important thing is to direct the heat, as Amit said, away from the valve. So I when I do my training, I always tell him in this direction. And I tend to, to tell them to, to take their sulfos, put it behind the, uh, the stub as you're heating the valve. And when you start to see uh, your, your silver alloy starting to melt, just pull the heat away, mm-hmm. let it flow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good advice because if 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 it's flowing and you're and you're adding more heat, uh, which I've done, you could actually burn a hole through the pipe. <laughs> or I mean, even if you got a bunch of wet rags on there or or a putty, um, you can overheat that eventually too. If if that flame is too close and and that pipe gets too hot, so yeah, pull that flame away is is, is a good thing. So, is there any prep that's a bit different when it comes to pressing, John? Like, cause we, we, obviously we don't have to wrap the valve in any type of way, but is there any prep that, that we might need to take care of before we go and, and press that valve in place? Well, you want to make sure that, you know, you've got clean ends. So I always recommend that, uh, that you take some sandpaper, rub it over the ends, make sure there's no shards, nothing there. 
Uh, and because this is going to go into uh, the the RLS fitting, and it has two O-rings in it. You do not want to snag those O-rings. You don't want to tear them because then you'll end up with a leak. So just make sure you've got good clean ends. Uh, and actually, you shouldn't have to cut off any of the end of the tube. But it's always a good safety procedure. Go ahead and, and, and sand it a little bit. Make sure that you got good, good clean ends. Then you can go ahead and put it in. Make sure that you've measured it properly, that you're going to put it in far enough. And then when you put your jaws on it and do your crimp, uh, you're not short. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they have a tool for that. Basically, it's just a little plastic, yeah, plastic uh, tool. You can stick the because the the um, the the valves, the dryers, the sight glasses, they they don't have like the bell on the end. It's just straight pipe. So you can put that straight pipe in that plastic uh, gauge. Basically, is what it is. Mark it, and then then you can uh, line up your your press fitting and press it in. Uh, so let me ask you this: Do you like? Is there a preference from your customer base right now on brazing or pressing? And do you see a trend in in pressing more and more and more as kind of we progress through this? Uh, I mean, you can take that one. Yeah, no, that's it's it's an interesting question. And it's actually something that, you know, I kind of wanted to ask you as well. You know, maybe a couple of years ago, if you were to ask me what what people preferred, I would probably say braze. But, you know, um, the press style has, has really caught on and, and people are really starting to, to use the press style. And, you know, there's, there's tons of features and benefits of that, like, you know, time and not having to braze and not having to get fire permits and stuff like that. And uh, when you're dealing with VRF and Gary, I'm, I'm sure you know, this, there's, there's a lot of valves and um, it's up to, to the guys installing um, which way they want to go with it. But um, I think, I think the press has really, really caught on recently. Yeah. John, would you agree with that, that press is trending upwards right now? I would. I'm seeing that over on the refrigeration side, uh, there's still the ability and the skill set to braze and not have issues. Uh, But over on the HVAC side, uh, it is more convenient. It's... uh, readily available and uh, it makes it easier for the tech it does save them some money in some cases Mm -hmm. uh, because they can get through a job in no time at all yeah like as a so i've like i love press i i have a, a set i've done mostly repairs with press at at this time being i haven't really done a full install from start to finish but i used to do full installs from start to finish with miles and miles of pipe when i did liebert systems back in in my early years in the trade and did it ever take a long time to to braze in um section by section by section by section it took a very long time and like you guys are saying you got to get those fire permits you have to have your your nitrogen purging um at all times so you have to make sure that's going and checking it to make sure that the tank is not emptying out 
there's just there's a lot of moving parts to it so there there is the the, the fittings yes are more expensive but i think you save on time and aggravation um in that respect so anyway let, let's let's move on there's brackets um that i wasn't really sure i've never really used the bracket on these valves but on the bottom of the brass um piece there's like two holes and, and almost like it protrudes outwards amit is that where we uh would install it like or fasten it to a bracket exactly so um our valves they come with those included so we're including those for you to to mount on to just prevent vibrations so emerson white rogers has been creating universal parts for quite some time and some good quality ones we've talked about a bunch of them on the podcast on social media as well now when it comes to heat pumps we have we have to defrost the outdoor unit when it's in the heating mode because that outdoor unit now becomes your evaporator if we have some low ambient conditions, what we're going to do is create frost on that coil. We create frost on that coil, we have to defrost it, right? Now, we do that with a defrost control board. Emerson White Rogers now has a universal defrost control board that can take the place of many other boards on the market. Now, what you do if you're unsure if the control board you have that's failed in the unit matches up, you go on the White Rogers mobile app and you do a cross-reference very cool they got the app and they got the part carrying in your truck is going to get you out of a jam at some point if you work on a lot of heat pumps all right so check that out universal defrost control by emerson white rogers a couple of codes we've got to talk about first one from true tech tools eight percent is the savings you'll get when you use code know-it-all k-n-o-w-i-t-a-l-l use that code you save eight percent on your purchase with most in-store items okay the other one we're going to talk about is from emotorsdirect.ca. If you want to purchase a motor or motor accessory and get it delivered straight to site or straight to your house so you can leave from your house and go straight to the, the job site instead of going to a supplier, you can do so with emotorsdirect.ca. We have a, an 8% savings as well, and that code is HVAC Know It All. So you use code HVAC Know It All, you save 8% at emotorsdirect.ca. .ca. So JJM Alkaline Technologies has providing me some education, which I'm relaying to you guys on condensate neutralization. It was it was on my podcast with them that I was told you can order a very inexpensive but good working pH tester, digital pH tester online. So I did that, ordered one through Amazon. I tested the tap water pH at my home. It was around seven, just over seven, so very very neutral, right on that zero to fourteen scale. Then I tested the water coming out of my high-efficiency furnace, and it was just over 2, so very, very acidic. My next step is going to be putting it through a JJM Alkaline Technologies neutralizer and checking to see what it is coming out the other end. I think that's a good test. So the reason for the neutralizers is because you send water that's acidic into any metallic drain. It's going to corrode um, a concrete floor. It's going to start to you're going to start to get corrosion and rust. And it's amazing what it can do to a concrete floor because I've seen it in my own home and the little grate that sits on top of the, the floor drain, you can basically touch it and it just kind of is flaky and falls apart. So we're going to be continuing down that path around condensate neutralization as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we include those with every valve. Um, you can see at the bottom there, like you said, on the brass section, there's the two holes there, and then we put the kit or the mounting kit on there as well. 
Okay. And I mean, where do you normally, what, what do you mount these brackets to? Like, how would you fast that like, to a wall to, uh, I don't know, Unistrut? Like how, what are these brackets fastened to? Generally Unistrut, all thread. Yeah. Okay. And, Cause I'm trying to picture just, a bracket it, in my head. Sorry, John, go on. It's, it's, it's just a small piece yep. that, and we put the two screws in there and it allows you to put it on there so that if you have all thread rod, it, it'll fit in very, very nicely. And as you screw those screws in and tighten it down, it's snug. So you don't end up with vibration. I, okay. And what about insulating? Okay. So here's a good question actually, because I'm going to have to do this soon to the valves that I had installed. Now, obviously if these things are going to sweat, you need to insulate them, but insulating them is a pain in the butt. If you ever have to access them, do you guys have any recommendations on how to insulate these in a way where we're not having to, um, if we have to access the valve, it's not just covered in, in glue or, or the, or the adhesive that the insulation, like, um, insulation tape uses. What's your recommendations for that? I think he's holding. I, it I, I can't. I can't see it, John. What though. is it? <laughs> yeah, it's not in the frame. Uh, this is a uh, uh, piece of elastomeric insulation. Yeah. And this is a tough skin type of insulator, and this insulator has uh, it's pre-cut. It's got two holes drilled in it for the access, and. Uh, 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 for your stem so it would fit around your valve like so all you're going to do is you're going to remove these thin strips there's an adhesive already on there and then what you're going to do is you're just going to knead it together so that you don't have anything loose gotcha okay and then what you're going to do is you're going to you're going to marry that up to your other insulation and what you're going to do is you're going to use a, a like a 520 adhesive. And what I recommend is that as you brush it on, brush it from the inside out. Okay. All the way around. Wait for it to get tacky. And you'll, you'll find that if you use your thumbnail and you just kind of press your thumbnail a little bit up against it, you'll feel when it gets tacky. Then marry that up to your other insulation and then knead that together. Okay. And perfect. And for the people that are driving, uh, listening to this, John basically was holding up a, a one piece um, of insulation with two holes in it and it fits around the valve perfectly. You wrap it and then you stick it together on the backside. Uh, so you can order those pieces of insulation when you order valves? Yes. We actually provide it. You can, you can get it two ways. You can get it. You can buy the valve with the insulator on it in a box kit, or you can order the insulator separate. And we make two sizes of insulators. Uh, we make it all the way up to uh, one and one eighth. Okay, perfect. So, uh, yeah, because that's always been a challenge for me, and, and I'm glad I asked that question because I didn't know that product existed. So, very very cool. So, I mean we're getting through this uh fairly quickly i mean there's only so much we can talk about when it comes to a ball valve i mean it, it, there's um i got a note here to talk about oven braised construction now can you 
because I always like to go into into how things are made, the science behind the ideas and the thoughts and and how it's all put together. So I'm assuming or I should say presuming that oven baked construction means something to do with the manufacturing process. Amit, you want to take that one? Yeah, yeah, you're you're exactly right. So before any valve leaves our factory, um, so it's oven braised. Basically, all the joints um, are braised through an oven, and then after that, we go through a testing process to test for leaks. And before any valve actually leaves our our plant, um, it's tested and then serial numbered. So if you have your valve there, I'm not sure if you can see it or not, but there's a serial number on each and every valve Mm -hmm. and it doesn't leave the factory with the serial number until it's tested. Um, and we make sure that, that it's leak proof. Okay. So that's, that's a, that's a good segue into my next question. Then how do you leak test a brand new valve? What What are you doing with it? John, go ahead. You, you take this one. We use a 95.5 nitrogen hydrogen solution. Okay. And and what we do is we blow the the valve up with it to about 450 pounds pressure. And uh, then we put it through a tent. And in that tent, we've got four sensors, two on each side. And as, about, as the valve sits there, uh, the sensors will pick up if there's any leak in the valve. And that's because nitrogen and hydrogen is a smaller molecule than either air or refrigerant. So it's a better test mechanism. If you're going to have a leak, we want to find it in the plant, not out in the field where it's going to cause a problem. Okay. So the the sensors, um, are they ultrasonic by any chance? You know, I'm not exactly sure. I know that the, the, the sensors that we're using will pick up minute leaks. Okay. Because I just know that I'm, I've looked into ultrasonic in the past. I'm going to dig a bit deeper yeah. in the new year. And because I was at a trade show um, and I got a chance to, to use an, an ultrax, ultrasonic with a set of headphones on. And it was incredible just some of the things that they were showing me. And I'm like, wow, like this would be amazing to like pick up a, a leak inside of a, a rooftop unit outside. If you blow it up to 600 pounds of nitrogen and you, you have your ultrasonic and you can hear it kind of leaking out as you move along the pipe with the, with the apparatus. So I was, I was just commenting on the, on the pressures of our valves. Um, basically, what we do to find our, our max pressure is we do a five times burst test. Um, I know a lot of the times, uh, other valves, they do a three times cycle test. So they're basically just cycling the pressure up and down, up and down three times. What we're doing is five times all the way till burst. So we have quite high pressures on our valves. Um, you know, on, on our stuff, we have the listed pressures, but, um, it basically just goes to show that our, our valves have a little bit higher pressure, um, just because of that. Okay. Now. What is your, what is the burst pressure that you're seeing on, on these valves? Like what's the highest you've gotten to? John, do you know what the highest is? I've seen 5,200 PSI. And then when the burst does occur, it's not in the brass, but it's on the copper tube. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so and that was on a, uh, 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 five eighths valve. 
are you using a, um, a hydrostatic pump for that? It was a UL test that we had done. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not sure the type of pump they were using. I just know that the rapid locking system, if they got YouTube videos and they're using a hydrostatic pump and they're getting yep. these, getting that thing up to, I've seen them burst at 3000 or so. Uh, yeah. and, and, it, and it's, it's in a lot of the times it's in the copper pipe, not in, not in the, 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 the fitting itself or in the braze it's in the copper pipe. So the copper pipe is actually weaker than, than the, the, the valves itself and, and the fittings itself, which is, I, which I've is, seen, which is crazy. I've seen yeah. those your post about those, and I think it was like a, a coupling, and it was just still intact, and the pipe was just completely cracked. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we've covered these ball valves. What did we talk? We, we've talked about installation, uh, braze, press. We've talked about um, orientation, brackets, how to protect the valve when, when we're brazing it up. Is there anything that we can add uh, to a ball valve before we end this off that that somebody might not know or could help somebody going forward well i think one thing that we we should point out is that most of our competitors when they're installing the stem they install their stem from the top down the issue with that is that if you overpressure the valve you can you can always blow the stem out okay. and that means that uh uh, you'd lose the entire charge. Mm-hmm. What we do is we install the stem from the bottom up, which means the top of the stem rests against the crown of the valve body. So you cannot blow it out. So you'll never lose the entire charge. Uh, the other thing is that uh, because we insert the stem from the bottom up, the Teflon seals we use or a great aid, especially for the supermarket trade, because with supermarkets, they're constantly changing refrigerants yep. as refrigerant changes. And when they do that with our competitors, they use a synthetic seal. So when they take out the refrigerant and the oil, the seal shrinks. With our valve and our Teflon seals, that will never occur because Teflon is a non-oil infused product. So it's not subject to the shrinkage and increase. The size always remains the same. So the contractor will never have to change out a seal. So he doesn't have to worry about being able to get in to the stem to change the seal. And that's usually where most of the seal changes occur is in the stem. Perfect. So the stem is, is built from the, the bottom up and, and you said shrinkage. So now we're three men talking about balls and shrinkage. John. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Amit, I'll give you the last word then. So jo- John, John's talking about shrinkage over here. So I'm, I'm going to let you um, throw any, any tidbits in um, the, the way John did just now, because that was interesting and anything at all that you can add to the, the composition install um construction of a ball valve i think i think john covered most of it i think what i just want to mention is our our cap the two-piece cap and you know we we have the instructions on our boxes when we ship our valves but 
we just want to make sure that when when it's in the field you do not want to take your cap all the way off there's no reason to all you have to do is loosen it quarter turn tighten it that that's one really important thing that i think um should be known is the two-piece cap is is what we do and we want to avoid having to take the cap all the way off Mm -hmm. as you can see when you remove that there is a torque nut at the top of that stem yep that torque nut actually holds the stem in place so if a contractor assumes hey i've got to loosen that nut to be able to turn the stem what he does is he he loosens that nut the stem has a tendency to drop then he's got to come back and pick it up and retorque that nut so he never wants to remove well actually he never wants to touch the torque nut at the top mm -hmm. and the reason we came up with the two-piece cap was so we would never have to remove it that way he doesn't have to worry about losing it and have to replace it yeah no i i like the idea you, you just kind of give it a, a quick um snap out of its out of its tightness and then you can yep. uh quarter turn the ball valve um and, and isolate whatever you're trying to isolate so cool stuff guys so i i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna probably do some some postings on this cutaway and and we're going to educate the people about ball valves and, and uh, a bunch of other stuff uh, that, that you guys are into. So, I mean, I appreciate your time tonight, guys. Amit, uh, John, thank you very much. Thank you. We thank appreciate you, the opportunity. No problem. All right, guys, if you got to the end, as usual, you're more educated than when you first started listening to the show. So we went through a bunch there. Install practices, press, brazing, insulation positioning doesn't really matter it's just a ball valve right that's it's for isolation it's going to work in any position so thank you to john thank you to amit and that's it guys that's the show thank you to the master group once again happy hvacking hope you enjoyed the show follow hvac know it all on instagram facebook youtube tiktok twitter linkedin and anywhere else gary feels like popping up this has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.